Hello and welcome to the first Welsh Triathlon TriCast. On this episode, we speak to Celtic Tri following their recent club takeover. We've got Mark Evans, Tracy Williams and Richard Clifford talking about the background of the club as well as how the club has adapted during the pandemic. We also speak to Deborah Longman, the unlikely triathlete, and we've got a chat with Jane and Paul Arnold, Wales' Iron Couple. We'll also have updates from Amy and Steph from the Welsh Tri team about what's going on over the next few months, as well as an update into what we can expect from events in the near future. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us on our first Welsh Triathlon podcast. Uh, we've been in discussions now for a few weeks about the club takeover. So for those that may not have read last week's articles out on the website, Give us a bit of background into the birth of Celtic Tri. Trace, you were part of the club right from the very start. Let's let's start with you. Give us a bit of an insight into Celtic Tri. Yeah, yeah, that was there from day one. Um, as you say, it was the birth of the club, and appropriately, it was born in a doctor's surgery. Um, there were a couple of us who were friends of Rose and Terry Jones, and they had decided to set up a triathlon club. Dr. Dean Hardy volunteered his waiting room at his surgery for us to have our very first meeting. And um, that's where the club was born. We, um, we voted on a committee. Um, we voted on our name. We agreed our kit that Paul Arnold had designed, our fantastic kit, best kit in Wales. And... <laughs> we'll, come to, we'll come to that in a bit. We'll come to that in a bit. <laughs> And, um, yeah, that's where we were born. There was a group of us, I think. I'm not sure I, if I'd even done my first triathlon at that point. Maybe one. But there was a group that had never done a triathlon. There were some that were Ironman already. So there was a great um, was, variety was, of experience. I was going to ask, so it's, it happened 15 years ago now, um, or just uh, over 15 years ago, and that was when you first met in, in the surgery. But, but prior to that... How long were discussions sort of ongoing amongst that sort of social circle? You know, shall we start a club? Shall we not? Do we just carry on doing um, our own well, thing? There were a lot of us, as I said, a lot of us were friends with Rose and Terry at the time, either through um, running. Um, we were, a few of us were members of 3M's running club at the time. There was a lot of people who knew Rose and Terry through swimming and also through uh, multi-sport, which was, um, I'm not sure if it was a club or a group of triathletes at the time. Um that folded and Rose and Terry were behind it all really. They planted the seed and everybody just jumped on and yeah, we were buzzing about it. We've clearly from, from last week's articles, you know, there's obviously quite a good core of characters from within that club. We've we've spoken to Deb, so we'll touch up on later on in this podcast, as well as Jane and Paul, we've already mentioned. Give us a few more stories um from the club's characters. You've got <laughs> You know, there must have been there must have been a fair few moments that have stood out over the last fifteen years. Right. Okay. Um, one that stands out, which is probably the funniest period that I've ever experienced doing Celtic Try, was our fifth anniversary. Um, my sister was on the committee at the time. She was our welfare officer, and we had um, a guy called Martin Ennis who used to do sports photography, and they came up with the idea of doing a calendar girl style calendar. Um, I, I couldn't believe how eager everybody was to the kid off, basically. It was absolutely hilarious. I mean, lots of the shots were taken in sub-zero temperatures outdoors. Um, great fun. The current, uh, we had um, companies who sponsored a page of um, each month of the calendar. And um, 
it could still be seen on YouTube, actually, if you ever want to. I was going to say, if this is only five year, you know, five year anniversary, Mark, why aren't you carrying this on now? But as, as club chairman, why isn't this an annual thing? It's actually going to be released next month. The calendar. We're going to re- <laughs> we release it yet, but uh, <laughs> we're just going to change the dates, and it'll be a 2021 uh, calendar. And you're going to wait for the weather to warm up a little bit. There. Oh, do you know what? I remember. Um, we were we really wanted snow for the December the December page. And it snowed one day and it was like chaos. My sister was like, all right, it's snowing. Everybody get to my house. <laughs> and I think the one that is the Arnie and Sid are in that one. And Arnie's like six foot six and Sid's like five foot four. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> and it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's worth having a look because the outtakes are on the video as well. So that, that was good fun. What about yourself, Rich? You've been involved with the club for a wee while as well, maybe not, not as long as Tracy, but what sort of stories are sort of moments stand out for yourself? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think I've been involved um, about seven years now. And I basically got involved. In fact, my daughter, Beth, who's now the junior captain, she started training with Tracy and Rose when she was six. Uh, I and um, and I, I really got involved because I was going along to every session. And uh, I'd, I'd done a little bit of triathlon myself. I, I did the London triathlon. I, I can't actually remember what year, but it was a few years before that for charity. And I'd done a bit of running and got involved. But um, I got involved really with the juniors from there. And... Um, Obviously, we um we have a few characters among the, the juniors. Obviously, Mark Edwards, who you know quite well, who um the most, in the, fairness, most enthi- the most enthusiastic man in Wales. Yes, I mean, in, in fairness to Mark, he, he puts in a, an incredible amount of work. Yeah, um, and and normally comes up with the, with the goods. Some of his ideas better than others, but um. And you know, in the, we he's got a, he's, he's certainly a can do it, isn't he, Mark? He is, he is. And we're, he's certainly and we're, a character. We've got <laughs> some, uh, we've got some great characters amongst the kids now. You know, obviously Josh and Ben, who I know you're going to be speaking to. They've uh, they've done some fantastic stuff, and and a lot of the kids, you know, have have come forward and done some great charity events over the last few years, and uh, hopefully some of these will turn into the the characters in. Uh, in the adult section in a few years' time. What about what about yourself, Mark? What about specifically your time as as club chair? What sort of stands out for you? Well, I joined Celtic in uh, the back end of 2013, um, and probably got into triathlon season properly in 2014. Um, for me, it was just I, I joined with a, with a group of lads with the intention of just doing a simple sprint triathlon and. Just the momentum of a club and everything. I end up doing an Ironman at the end of the year, um, and from that, I, I've just had some great friendships with people, you know, um, and some of the characters during my time there has been what one stands out is Chris Gay, um, and and for what he's achieved, I think over the, over the last few years, he had a, a severe back operation in 2017 on his discs, and um, he was training for the brutal Ironman up in um, North Wales. A triple Ironman. Um, so he had his operation and just just basically the perseverance of him and determination to get his training done. And in 2019, he finished the, finished the event and he came third overall uh, in a time of 56 hours. Fair play. So, you know, and, you know, we, we all got our little um, 
sort of groups we train with and what have you, you know. And yeah, being with Chris and, and some of the others, Tom, we've done some trips abroad and what have you to Alpe d'Huez, which has been great. But it's also great to see the some of the the romances, I would say, you know. We we got Dan and John, who yeah. both on a committee with a club. And, you know, John's taken Dan under his wing and uh, the, the pair of them are great, you know. They, they fab to see at events. They they wear the kit with pride, the best kit in Wales, I should say. And, uh... <laughs> Bit of a theme coming here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it actually stays together when you come out of a swim, so it doesn't stretch or anything like that, like <laughs> other brands do. Oh, go see. Oh, go see. But you know, we, we we've got um, some bromances going on. Uh, friendships, you know, we are a family club, you know, and it it is great to see um, the bonds that people get together. And that's something that's evident through all the articles that we've had and the stories that we've had from the club so far, that, that sort of social bond and how important that collective is to each of the individual's journeys that they've been on. Without this, the wider support of that club network, you know, who knows if that would have actually come to fruition in, in the nature that it has. So, and I think, you know, that's relative to every every club across Wales. There's similar stories in, in each club, isn't there? And that's why, you know, our club network is, is so vital. Um, you know, you, 15 years now you guys have been going um, and bar for COVID, there would have been no doubt some big celebrations back at the turn of the year when that sort of came about. What plans, you know, you're, you're in a, quite a populated area there in uh, where, you, where you are sort of neath Swansea, Botalva sort of area over there. What what sort of plans have you guys got, especially yourself, Mark, as, as club chair, I suppose, here and now for the next sort of five years and sustaining that growth? Yeah, um, well, I, I've been chair for three years. i got one year left. Um, <laughs> Nobody's lasted more than four yet, haven't they? Chris, you can't do the days, Tracy. No, it's because nobody's lasted more than four. <laughs> After four right. years, everybody just says, right, somebody else's turn now. <laughs> one team only. <laughs> yeah. That's actually two the, the last year has been, you know, it has been... Uh, testing they gotta be honest it's 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 been it's hard not easy enough, is it? no it's not easy enough as it is but then having the covid and yeah. oh but no it's it's been good it's i i think the positives that have come out of covid for a club and, and we can cover them later you know but plans for 15 years um how are we going to grow well our club we just grow organically really you know we don't promote ourselves very big um it's all word of mouth people join us they hear good stories about us like I said, um, we're very family orientated as well. So our junior section is growing year on year. And, and as those juniors progress to youth, they'll then move into the adults and we'll, we'll get another load of, of youngsters coming through the, the ranks. And, you know, and, and we do cater for everyone, you know. So from the newbies who just want to learn how to swim, maybe, um, to the guys doing Team GB, representing Team GB at age group, um, to um, some of the guys who are doing the world championships of Ironman, you know, we, we've got all, all, all people. Um, and we also covered a, a different area as well. We are predominantly Neath Swansea Valley based, but we got members down in Pembrokeshire. We've got members up in the valleys, up towards Caerphilly Way and what have you. Uh, and we even got a couple of members in Australia who are, um, stay on the box with us, you know, and, and like, indeed, and, and I know, I can't remember his name now, but they, they kept us updated when Paul and Jane were doing Ironman Cairns, Cairns, Chris a few Thomas. years ago. Chris, Chris Thomas, Thomas, yeah. 
And it was great, you know, hearing some of his feedback. You know, Paul and Jane now are out on a run and what have you. And you'll probably get a bit of that from him later. Um, but, yeah, I, I think for us, you know, it's making sure we, we, we got the infrastructure to support the numbers. So coach education is really big for us. Um, we ensure that, you know, all our sessions are quality sessions, they be fun sessions for the juniors, uh, and everyone gets something out of it. But I, I think when I when I took on as chair, I, I did a little mission statement, I think it was. And, uh, you know, my plan at the time, three years ago, was for us to have our own clubhouse, our own training facility. It was my, my field of dreams uh, plan. Build it and they will come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, still got, I've still got another year in the post, so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, yeah the Swansea I, Velodrome I, is, uh, is coming. The, the, Vel- the Swansea Velodrome, Swansea Track, S and C. It will, it will happen. It will happen in my lifetime. <laughs> you mentioned that COVID's been, you know, it's, it's been an absolute challenging time for everybody, not just those of us involved in the sport. Like, but you guys have have managed to keep spirits high. Um, Trace, give us give us some examples of stories and what you guys have done as a club to just keep that sort of camaraderie and that hoyle going through this time? Um, there's been lots of virtual sessions. I'm not, uh, Mark and Richard are probably the best to, to talk about the virtual sessions because they're heavily involved in both of those. But I think social media is an absolute godsend when it comes to keeping team spirit up. And, you know, um, Zoom is an absolute another godsend. because series as well. Oh, God, yes. WGT, that was an absolute godsend. That absolutely saved my sanity. The team spirit, when we took part in that, and there's been three series of those now, and they pushed me to the brink where I thought I was going to die getting off the bike at one um, after one race. But I still went back for more the following week. You know, <laughs> but, um, They have been absolutely brilliant. The team spirit on social media, as you say, our team talks, legendary. Um, everybody drinks wine the night before and then complains about it the day after. <laughs> We're giving team tactics away now, Trey. <laughs> They'll all be doing it. <laughs> it's just been... so how how many how many from within the club? How many from within the club did you have taking part in that then? Roughly. Oh God, I think third series. There was probably no more than about ten of us. But then by the time the third series came along, I think we were in our twenties then, Mark. I think so. Yeah, looking at I the, know, the, you were struggling to get us all in the photograph then, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we, we produce a weekly photo. It's a tradition, you know, of everyone's after photos, you know. So you're in a pile of sweat and what have you. And yeah, we we we're up around about twenty, twenty-four, I think. So it's really good numbers. Fair news. Um, Rich, moving on, Tracy sort of prompted you in on, on the virtual sessions there. Can you give us a bit of an insight into the how the juniors have kept going through the virtual activity and, and touch a bit on the Cleves boys, sorry, the Cleves boys and explain what they've been up to? Yeah, I mean, I think probably for, for the, I think for, for kids generally, it's been a really tough time, probably tougher than, than for the adults. But I think for kids involved in, you know, triathlon and swimming, it's probably even tougher because they've they've just been not able to do what they used to do in. And right from from the start of the of the first lockdown, we got into a routine straight away of holding. We held uh, turbo sessions twice a week. We encouraged them to, to to kind of run where they could do their you know one 
form of exercise to get out on Wednesday and do their run or those who are at a treadmill, get on the treadmill. And as things progressed, really, more and more of the kids then got into uh, working on Zoom as well and on Zwift. And we set up um, we set up a junior grand tour where we did sort of a three-stage uh, race for them, you know, a mountain stage, a time trial stage, a flat stage. And what we, the club paid, we gave them all yellow T-shirts to um, to, to commemorate doing that. I've got to ask a question and, uh, around that. I've got to ask one question around that. How much of that was for the children's activity and how much of that was Mark's childhood dream wanting to become a commentator, just commentating for the whole series? I, I think I think probably that was the, the yeah the over uh, in in fact uh, I'm not sure whether you've seen because um Zwift have um apparently now cottoned on to his idea right and, uh, and have launched this uh, junior grand tour which is a worldwide brilliant. thing brilliant and, uh, he's he's claiming they've stolen his uh, his idea global so, uh, and made in Australian nice. yes <laughs> so um yeah so you know they've all adapted fantastically to it to be honest but then. Just as we kind of got back to to getting back in the pool and back in the track, and obviously the you know everyone will be aware of the amount of work that went into just getting those sessions back on, and then of course we were locked down again. But I think this time, in many ways, it's been harder for the kids, but it's also been a bit easier because we've had all these things in place to be able to say, right, look, we're going to be locked down from next week, but. You know, joining all these sessions. Uh, and yeah, we've Rich done as um, well. I was going to say, Rich, we've, we've also had other people come in as well to do talks for us, like absolutely. Victoria on the nutrition and yeah. some health and well-being talks for the juniors. Yeah, which all has, has been great. And then that moves on, as you, you mentioned, Josh and Ben, who um, are two great kids. I mean, they're, they're so funny. They, they're so well. And obviously, as you know, Josh won the... Um, the, the T1 boys tri-star series in 2019. Yeah. So, you know, a, a very, very promising athlete. And I think I'm, I'm fairly confident, I put my head on the block and say Ben would probably have won it uh, last season that they've been on as well. Um, but no, they, they came up with the idea. They had a, a cousin of theirs who, who had a brain tumour, a little girl, and they decided to raise money. So they did uh, an Everesting challenge where over the Christmas school holidays, they were going to ride on Zwift every day until they accumulated uh, enough miles, I think, is it 8,000 metres, I think, to, uh, yeah. to get to the top of Everest. And um, fantastic achievement. And obviously, a lot of the other kids joined in on various stages with them. And I think one of the other highlights is that um, we managed to get a Zoom call with, uh, with Johnny Brownlee, um, he came on and was fantastic. Gave up half an hour of his time and answered a lot of questions from the from the from the kids. They also had, um, I think, they had a good luck uh, video from Garrett Thomas sent to them, and uh, it was amazing. You know, and Sky News interview as well. Right, so the kids over the last few years have have come up with fundraising ideas for comic relief and sport relief. Well, do you know what? On that note, we'll... They we'll, did. Sky, we'll, Sky News interviewed them. I think BBC Wales interviewed them. Chris Evans had them on Virgin Radio. Um, so, so to be fair, the guys, the, the efforts that they've put, they've, you know, publicity-wise, they've put Celtic Try on the map of lockdown, haven't they, really?
And now for participation update with our participation officer, Steph Makovise. Don't forget to purchase your Welsh Triathlon membership, which will make sure that you are protected, connected and supported throughout your participation journey. We have a range of membership packages to suit anyone, no matter what stage they are at. Visit the Welsh Triathlon website to purchase your membership today. And don't forget, if you purchase before the 5th of April, you'll receive one of our spring bundle offers for new and renewing Corn Ultimate members. Have you started running or cycling during the pandemic? Why not bring the two together and try out a triathlon or multi-sport activity? Over the next few months, we'll be having Go Try and Triactive Cymru events, which are the perfect stepping stone to getting involved in triathlon. Want to find out what's happening? The big reboot on the Welsh Triathlon website is your one-stop place to find out everything that's happening in the world of triathlon in Wales. Here you'll find guidance on returning to activity, events and activities, information as well as much more. We host monthly club forums which provide a platform for our affiliated clubs to get the support they need to deliver activity. We also use these sessions as a discussion platform to allow clubs to share ideas and connect with each other. If you are a club in Wales and you know that you do not attend these sessions please get in touch and we will make sure that we contact your primary contact when we are hosting these sessions. As a club if you do have any queries do not hesitate to get in touch with us. We are always here to support you. Thank you to all who filled out our surveys on the diversity of triathlon in Wales. We will soon be contacting all those who opted in to join us in small focus groups to discuss what changes we can make to make triathlon inclusive to all in Wales. If you did not manage to complete the survey but would like to contribute to the conversation, please do get in touch. Um, you guys host a number of club events. Mark, talk us talk us about the events that you guys at Club to Try facilitate and how important it is to you guys as a club. Yeah, so um, from the adult side of it, um, we we host the Meet Valley Try uh, around about September every year. Um, fantastic event for newbies and novices to triathlon, but also for the experienced guys as well who, who really want to race it, you know. Uh, and that's held up in Glenleaf. And it's, it's well attended. We, we sell out within uh, a few months of, of putting them up. Then we've got the junior events um, and we've got uh, the Steve Lewis Aquathon, which uh, Rich can touch on a bit, a little bit more about. And the Swansea Junior Try. Uh, and that's a new one for us. Uh, when I say new one. It's, I think it'll be the third year. Is that right, Rich, that we've run it? Yeah, well, actually, it it would be the third year. Obviously, last yeah. year was was cancelled, but um, the first year we we staged that in in Penlan, and um, it was more of a more of a, although it was a full triathlon, it was more a lot along the lines of the Go Try events, really, in terms of being a bit more of a, a development event. But um, it went really, really well. So um, as of last year, we'd arranged to um. To sort of expand the event and it's going to be held at the, the national pool with the the cycle and run then uh, outside with the with the track facilities there so um you know we, we got big hopes for that hopefully we'll we'll be able to get that ahead maybe later in the year if uh, all being well and the um the aquathlon obviously is a uh, firmly part of the um 
the Tritar series now. I think this will be the sixth year this year for the Aquathlon. Obviously, it was uh, brought in uh, in memory of Steve Lewis, so one of our former members who was tragically killed in a, a cycling accident. And um, Steve's children were members at the time of the club. And um, that's just snowballed, really. Again, it, it sells out almost instantly, that one. And uh, we've expanded it every year. We have a fun run alongside it. And uh, it's a you know, great event. And we've had some good success from our club as well. And, and yeah, people great. From, from all over the world coming to that one. I was going to say, just great to see all of those children just enjoying multi-sports. And having a crack with each other, with friends that they pick up from, like like you guys would do at senior events, really, isn't it? Just sort of making friendships from other clubs across Wales, and and having a little bit of competitive rivalry when it when the time comes at these competitions. Um, Mark, coming back to what you were mentioning there about the Neath Valley Triathlon, that's that's one of Wales' most probably most popular, not one of Wales' most popular pool-based triathlons. How important is that for you guys as a club? as a, a bit of a platform to introduce newcomers and novices into into triathlon yeah it's like you said it's a pool-based triathlon um and it's you know swimming one of the, the scary bits that put a lot of people off you know i don't want to go in a sea or a lake um but when, when you're talking of a, a free lane in a leisure center nice and warm and you've only got to do 16 lengths 400 meters it, it's achievable for most people you know and like I said earlier, it's, it's family orientated and we do have families turn up. So someone with some kids can come along for, to take part in the youth side of it. And then sometimes the parents will jump in and do the, 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 um, the sprint triathlon as well. The bike is nice and flat as well. It takes uh, place on the, the old A road at the back there. Um, and then it's a 3K run, I believe, uh, over a little bit of trail. So the whole thing can be done, you know, in under an hour. It's, it's nice and easy. We've got fantastic marshals who help out. Uh, they support the athletes along the course as well. And yeah. Just, just an ideal event, really, for newcomers to... Yeah, we've had you know. a lot of new members from that event yeah. where people have come yeah. along and tried it for the first time and then sort of joined us to it. They've got, they've got the bug, basically. I can't quite remember the figures, but I think it was one of the triathlons in Wales with the highest proportion of first-timers. Um, and and it, I think it regularly kind of takes that mantle which is fantastic. I think it's introduced, you know, thousands of people to triathlon over the last however many years. So I suppose going back to the some of the characters you've got in the club, we mentioned Debs earlier on in the chat slightly, and there was an article last week. Debs now would be um, one of those sort of novice triathletes back in the start of her journey, which would have looked at that event as as one of the go-tos, I suppose. So we'll, we'll bring Debs into the conversation now. For those who haven't read your story, Debs, um, give the listeners a bit of a background to the unlikely triathlete for us. Okay, so um, it all really started, I'd say, back in 2009 um, when the swine flu pandemic was going around and I was one of the unlucky ones. So whereas a lot of people just had minor illness, I had quite serious illness with it where it damaged my heart and started shutting down my pancreas and made me diabetic. So um, I was very ill for, for quite a period of time. And once I started coming out of that illness, 
um, I could see that the best way to control my diabetes was going to be via exercise. So as soon as I had the sign off from the heart protection clinic, that's when I started then looking at what exercise I could do really. And in, in time, I became the unlikely triathlete and started my series of books. I was going to say, so at the start, you weren't interested in swim, bike, run whatsoever. You weren't a triathlete prior to contracting your illness, no? Oh, and, good gosh, and no. So uh, you mentioned in the article a chance meeting with Joe Roswell. Give us a, give us a bit of a background to that and how that, the sort of circumstance around that and, and the contents of that convo, what, what inspired you from that conversation? Uh, it, it was unbelievable. So it was the day after the opening ceremony of the London 2012 Games. And um, they were staying in the Celtic Manor. And my husband and I had just booked a night away, as you do. And we were coming back from breakfast and we could see everyone going for signatures from this pretty young girl in a GP kit. So um, we thought, I wonder who that is. She's obviously an athlete. And we ended up in the same lift as her. So I said to her, oh, you know, were you an athlete? Yeah, she said. I said, oh, what are you doing? And she said, I'm doing the team pursuit. And we were like, oh, good luck then. And um, she got out to the left and I said, turned to my husband and said, do you know what the team pursuit is? And he was like, I haven't got a clue. And I was like, neither have I. So we looked it up and realised it was a cycling event and watched, saw them win the gold medal and thought, should we give cycling a go? And I hadn't been on a bike for 24 years. Phil hadn't, my husband, for a long while either. But we got back on bikes and we absolutely loved it. So that was the start, really, of my swim, bike, run journey was the bikes after the 2012 olympics the, the, the bike after meeting joe yeah and, exactly and, and you mentioned there earlier on about your your pancreas with your, your regards to your health issues your, your pancreas was starting to shut down and, and yeah. the diabetes that came in how how are you how's your health now having having sort of taken you know the exercise on and continued that since that sort of intervention so to say how's how have those health issues sort of pro, you know progressed better or if you ask, ask my doctor, he will say that I'm a textbook brilliant diabetic. Um, so my blood sugar levels are managed incredibly well um, through a mixture of diet, of course, and exercise. But I would say that when I progressed from just cycling into triathlon, that's when I saw the greatest improvements. So to me, becoming a triathlete was absolutely vital to keep my health under control and you know touch wood here I am now and, and still doing really well what sort of what sort of differences were you did you experience then just from was it just the change in the three forms of exercise rather than the one or you know what 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 do you think was the trigger there I honestly don't know. I think I probably stepped up my exercise a little bit. So um, when I was cycling, it was leisure and commuting back and forth to work. Yeah. Whereas once I got into that triathlon environment, it was more about training. So I think probably my intensity went up um, as a result of, of taking part in triathlon. Um, but yeah, my um, medication was halved very quickly after I became a triathlete. And and. Moving on then to the Celtic Tri Club, um, obviously you know you're one of the big characters from within that club now. But back at the time when you were you aware of the club at all when when all this first started, did you have friends within the club or did you sort of turn to the club after realizing that oh I've done my cycling triathlon next, then sort of turn to the club? What how did how did becoming part of Celtic Tri come about? 
I'd signed up for the Pencoid Novice Pool Base Sprint um, after a chance conversation with someone in work. And I thought, no, I need to, to look into this a little bit in more detail. And I didn't know anyone from any triathlon club. But um, I found Celtic Tri and they looked like a friendly bunch from their website and they were local to me. So um, I contacted them and so they said, come along to a session. So I went down to the track one Wednesday night, um, couldn't run more than a minute, um, but everyone was so encouraging, the coaches, the other athletes, everyone was so encouraging. And I thought, yeah, this is the club for me. And, um, and how, how long ago, remind us how long ago this was now, Debs? That was 2015 when I joined Celtic Trail. So six, six years ago. Yes. Couldn't run more than a minute. No. You you mentioned in your article that you're an expert doggy paddler. and that, oh. uh, <laughs> Yeah, so when I joined Celtic Trail, it's quite a funny story. I went to the first swim session and um, I couldn't stick my head in the water. Genuinely was terrified about sticking my head in the water. I could only do doggy paddle. Um, but the coaches, bless them, were incredibly patient with me and um, yeah, taught me how to properly swim. And you've gone from, from your sort of triathlon journey then, from that first triathlon in the Pankoid novice try in the pool to then completing Ironman in Sweden. Yes, so, right. you know, you, you, your swimming must have come on a fair crack to be able to, you know, complete. Yeah, complete just there. a bit. <laughs> yeah, I find nothing more relaxing now than um, swimming in open water with with my head under the water, hopefully looking at some fish if, the, if it's clear enough. Absolutely love my swimming now, love it. So, so take us back to that first sort of, you know, you've, you've you mentioned that you weren't in a triathlon at all. You love the bike. You, it's your first, you, you were a nervous swimmer, you know, you've joined the club, it's your first triathlon in Pencoid. What's going through your mind at that point? Can you take us back to then? Uh, the morning, of, I was terrified, absolutely terrified, um, but I turned up in Pencoid and to my amazement, bearing in mind I'd only been in the club for a few weeks, three of my club mates turned up to support me, yeah, to see yeah. me through that first triathlon and that just meant the absolute world to me. Um, and so I, 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 it put me more at ease, but also made me a little bit nervous because I knew I was going to be doing my, my doggy paddle in the pool. But um, it was just such a wonderful sense of community and everyone in the triathlon community is so supportive. The guys who run the triathlon, they were great. So um, it was, it was just incredible. And when I came back into the field um, on the final part of the run, I was in tears. Like to cross that finishing line and become a triathlete, it was just, well, from considering how my health had been, you know, only a few years earlier, you know, I never would have thought that that was something I was capable of, but it gave me the bug big time. I was going to say you caught the bug there and then, didn't you? And it's it's gone on since. So coming across then to the the unlikely triathlete and the title you've given yourself, that Mm. sort of reading the article, that sort of came about from your friends in work, with the, with the blog they were writing, yeah, and they suggested that you should sort of make a make a story out of it. Yeah, so um, I was part of the wellbeing group in work, and so I'd said about how ex- exercise and becoming a triathlete had improved my health with my diabetes, and I'd written an article saying about doing the triathlon, and a few people read it and said, you should really turn this into a book. 
and so I did. And so that was the first part of the Unlikely Triathlete series, um, which is available on Amazon, so on paperback and on Kindle. Um, and so, we'll, yeah, that was... We'll, we'll put the link in at the end of this, don't oh, worry, fabulous. make sure it gets, <laughs> gets spread about. Yeah. And, how, and how many installments of that are you up to now? It's up to eight installments now. So um, I've started working on a ninth, looking at training through um, lockdown and addiction with Swift and everything that's happened with through Welsh Triathlon, with the, the Winter Grand Tour and, and things like that, you know, and how that has helped to keep us motivated. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've started working on that one now. Speaking to, to Tracy and, and some of the guys about the, the Winter Grand Tour, it, it looks as if you as you guys as a club have really sort of embraced that with your team chats the night before and what have you. Talk us, um, for those that aren't away, talk us uh, through some of those nights. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Um, a lot of it is wine-fueled from a lot of people. Um, I'm not I'm not a drinker really myself, but it's it's quite hilarious when um, you see some of the posts. And of course, you know, on race morning, it's always double checking what bike we should use, what wheels we should use, and the chat. It's it's a really good community chat feel. And then a selfie is compulsory at the end. But I suppose in a in a time where we've you know you miss all of that engagement that you'd usually get through the event network and the event calendar. It, it has filled a hole, isn't it? And it's it's certainly ticked a lot of boxes in, in that sort of camaraderie and that sort of social engagement perspective. Oh, most definitely. You know, when you're used to going out for cycles with your friends or runs with your friends, going to training sessions, you know, and then that is cut off. It, it is really isolating, but having that that we can do together as a club and have that, you know, group feeling and club feel together, that, is, that has meant the world to, I know, a lot of us, you know, during lockdown. Great stuff. Going back to your, your working on the ninth instalment of the Unlikely Triathlete now, when you, when you look back at all nine of those stories obviously they they're pitched at a, a specific time in your journey within triathlon yes Wh- which one of those would you look back on with sort of most fondness and think oh do you know what if i could revisit that maybe, maybe from a positive perspective or revisit the time and do something differently what would you what, what sort of stands out for you oh this is a t- tricky question i suppose there's i wouldn't say there's any particular time that stands out more than others. I suppose there's there's little glimpses of things that happened during, I mean, one thing that always makes me laugh, I'm not sure if it's in book three or book four, but we'd gone out on a club ride and um, it was wet and we went over a cattle grid and I dramatically lost control of my bike and ended up in a two foot ditch full of water. Um, Joe, um, Mark O'Chair's wife, she was cycling a little bit ahead and had a rear camera and caught me landing in the ditch of water, which um, is on my Unlikely Triathlete Facebook page and is written about in the book. But I can't stop laughing when I when I think back to that moment, really. I think that's the that's the one thing that we've all had a good laugh about in the club over the years. You mentioned you mentioned in the article that you know it, it was once you caught the bug, it was a, a motivation for yourself to get to compete in an Ironman or, or finish an Ironman race. Yes, yes. Um, but you mentioned Tembi. You, you, you know, you, you think you're not suited for Tembi. You've done the, you've done Kalmar in Sweden. Yes. Knowing what sort of Ironman Wales brings to the triathlon community and and the 
the hoil that it brings to the clubs that are down there for that weekend. Can you see that changing as your journey progresses? Have you got a little little glimmer for Ironman Wales at all? If I'm honest, um, I would say no. I absolutely love being in Tenby for the Ironman Wales weekend. I love it. But I love being there supporting all my clubmates and cheering my clubmates on. I mean, if I'm honest with myself, the reason why I chose Sweden um, was I'm, I'm a chunky girl. <laughs> um, I'm not built for Tenby Hills. So the Sweden course suited me far better. And I think, you know... I, I I just love being down in Tenby, supporting my clubmates and friends from other clubs because you know what it's like. You get yeah. friendly with a lot of people from a lot of clubs. So to me, it's all about that, being down there and supporting. I love the atmosphere down in Tenby. Absolutely love it. As far as yourself goes then, you know, we've had, we've, we've you know, we're coming into what would be the start of the season now traditionally and, there is light at the end of the tunnel, although there's not, there's not a timeline on that sort of light yet. What's what are you looking forward to the most when you get back now and and you can get back on the bike and back at the events and the races? Which which sort of event are you looking at, thinking, oh, do you know what? I can't wait to do that race. I signed up to Cardiff Tray again this year. Um, I'd love for that to go ahead because it's closed roads and you know that's that's a, that's a really good community feel. I think from a from a more local club kind of perspective, I absolutely love um, Llanelli Tray. I've got a soft spot for North Dock. Um, I know it's a bit strange, but um, having had my first experiences of open water swimming there, I think yeah. the, you know the event um, out of North Dock with Llanelli Tray is a lovely tray with a run down the Millennium yeah. Coastal Path. So I, I'm looking forward to being able to do Llanelli again. And, and again, that sort of from an open water perspective seems to be the one in the calendar which sort of declares that the open water season is open really oh, definitely, it's definitely. Sort of, when you when you get the finale weekend coming about it's like right you, you know the, the photo tri season is sort of open now and ready to go um a couple of questions there just to just to wind up it's, it's something we're going to ask everybody that comes on on the podcast just to sort of create a little bit of banter and a little bit of um hoil going across all the clubs club kits Yes. Now then, you cannot pick Celtic Tries Club kit, but when you look at all the other clubs, which piece of clothing do you think? Do you know what? That looks dead smart. I wouldn't mind donning that for a, for a race. What's your favourite other club kit? Okay. If you read Swansea Triathlon and the Swansea Vale Try, they would say that their kit is the best. But well, this, this is where it's stemming from. See, yeah. this, this, there was a lot of banter over, <laughs> over social. And we're, we're trying at the moment to gather everybody's sort of kits together so we can do a little bit of an official kit cup. But it would be good to get the, um, <laughs> the views of everybody from the Tri community as well. So where's your head at? So... My favourite kit that's out there at the moment, you know, that I'm allowed to say, um, I would say is Triathlon Coaching Wales. I think that's a really smart looking okay. kit. I quite like no, that. No sort of hidden loyalty to Terry and Rose there with their old Celtic Tri involvement at all. No, not just oh, you know. I adore Terry and Rose. Um, uh, but no, I really do like the kit. I think they've done a good job of that. But what I can't wait to see is the new Dragon Tri kit because their logo is banging it's a fantastic logo so i am sure that they're gonna have a lovely kit so i look so for, forward to seeing that so for those that aren't aware again the dragon try is now the amalgamation of pencoil try and aim the try yeah 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 
Great. And from a, another question we're going to ask everybody is their favourite event in the Welsh calendar, whether it's a duathlon, a quathlon, triathlon, which which you mentioned, you know, the Tembi sort of from a from a, a weekend perspective and the hoil and, and the crowds and, and supporting everybody. And you mentioned North Dock there as well. Is is it North Dock for you or the sort of Pencoid sprint still keep a little low? I'm not a fan now of pool-based sprints. I much prefer open water, but I mean, Pencoid will always have a place in my heart as being the place that made me a triathlete. But yeah, I think probably my favourite local one is, is definitely Tlanashley. Hi, it's Gareth Evans here, and I just want to give you a quick update on the situation with regards to events this season. As it stands, like the rest of Wales, we're reliant on the three-week updates from Welsh Government as an indicator of when events could return. We have, however, been told that the next phase of test events are due to take place from May onwards. You would have seen the announcement last week regarding the repositioning of our Welsh Triathlon Super Series. This was done in collaboration with the event organisers to ensure we have as good an opportunity as possible to get a six-stage series underway in 2021, whilst ensuring the event organisers have the time they need to make the right calls for their individual events. With those changes confirmed, the series for 2021 now looks like Stage 1, Saturday the 12th of June at the Fishguard Sprint Triathlon, Stage 2, Saturday the 10th of July at the Pembrokeshire Coastal Triathlon in Broadhaven. Stage 3, Sunday 8th of August, the Port Call Standard Triathlon. Stage 4, Sunday the 5th of September, the Bala Standard Triathlon. Stage 5, Saturday the 18th of September, the Sandman Sprint Triathlon. And Stage 6, Sunday the 3rd of October, the Swid Sprint Triathlon at Barry Island. As you're probably aware, there are a few other events within the calendar which fall around the same time as these. If you've not received correspondence from those event organisers just yet, please remain patient. There are a number of events that have been put forward as test events on which we're awaiting confirmation. As soon as we know more, either ourselves or the event organiser will contact you and let you know. Back to the Super Series and it's hoped that the new timeline will see all six events take place and should this be the case, as previous years, an individual's best four scores across the series will go towards their individual point tallies. In the event of restrictions not easing in sufficient time, events will be removed from the series and competitor will then have their best three scores of the remaining events count. Again, as previous years, there will be a club competition with the best five scores registered across each affiliated club will be taken from individual age categories. Those club points will be accumulated from all stages of the series. We understand that these changes may have caused disruption, guys, but each event organiser has been as flexible as possible with regards to their own event calendars, the local authority support and community support in rearranging this series. And we firmly believe that this is the best opportunity we've got to get a six-stage series underway again this year. From a competitive perspective, if any changes are needed, we ask you to liaise directly with the event organisers in question. I'm sure you're all aware this has been a really intensely difficult 12-month period for our event organisers. We do ask that you are supportive as possible in your communications to them. Once again this year, the series will be televised and we look forward to seeing you all at an event very, very soon. If anybody has any questions regarding the Welsh Triathlon Super Series or any events that are currently in the Welsh Triathlon calendar, please contact us by emailing garethevans at welshtriathlon.org.
good. So on the events topic, guys, I mean, without looking at your own events, obviously, because there's a little bit of, you know, bite. I wouldn't say bias, but obviously they, they hold a special <laughs> place in, in your hearts. Like, what, what would be your go-to events in Wales and why? Trace, we'll start with you. What's your favourite event? Favourite, well, I think my favourite event, um, would be as a supporter would be Ironman Wales but that's a different story but I do like all the local events um, healthy life activities Noilwen and Sharon have been fantastic supporters of Celtic Tri specifically I can't say that the juniors they I know they've made donations but all of their events are absolutely brilliant I love the one in Ammonford the one down North Dock how lovely clear water that we get to swim in down there <laughs> But yeah, any one of those. I mean, you could take your pick. He just runs fantastic races. But as a supporter, it's got to be Ironman Wales because um, Celtic try are on. Wiseman's from the very first cyclist to the very last, being as roady and sober as we possibly can. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think as you say, tend to be a bit biased towards our events but also as Tracy said to ones in in the local area and I think as well as Norwin's events I mean Thalethley is always a great event Thalethley Sprint um, our friends at Portobello Carriers you know the Steelman has been just a, an incredible success and I know Darren there puts on great events the Aquathlon series as well in Abravan I mean but I think the Steelman I I don't think I've ever seen so many people sort of with smiles on their faces at an event. Uh, I know it's quite a hard event, but, you know, one that people really, really seem to take to. So I would say that is probably my favourite of the sort of events over the last few years. And with all due respects to the Steelman, set against the backdrop of Tata Steelworks, when you compare some of the landscapes that we've got to offer, you'd think yeah. oh, you might, well, you might take the idea of, oh, I've, you know, that's, I, I've got all of these to choose from, yet, like, like you say, from a competitive perspective, it's a very popular, popular doing, so full credit to the guys down there. What about, what about yourself, Mark? Um, well, I'll, I'll go with Port Albert Harriers again, because not so much a steel man, but a couple of years ago, they did a relay race, a super sprint relay race. They did, yeah. And, but I think that's a, the best experience I've had of triathlon, um, both as a, a competitor and as a supporter, you know. Um, Celtic Tri, they were teams of four, two males, two females. And Celtic Tri had about six to eight teams in. Um, and then you had all the other clubs as well involved, the Harriers, uh, Bridge End clubs and what have you. But I think for me, it was just seeing the in-club battles between our own teams. <laughs> it was yeah, one of the know. best days ever. You know? It really was. And it was also then competing against the other clubs in the area. But but I, I just think, you know, you, you get in, you do a quick 200-meter or 300-meter swim, I think it was. Short little bike, short little run. It was you a hand one-mile run that nearly killed me. <laughs> <laughs> you hand your tag over to the next guy in, in the event and off they go and then you support the name. And... I really hope he does bring that event back. I'd like to see uh, if you listen, then bring it back. It's it's something that we, you know, we obviously, when we went up to Ballard and sort of filled the gap in Ballard as well, brought that sort of team relay event up there and massively well received. And had it not been for, for COVID last year, we would have facilitated something similar in, oh, in Park Brimbach. So there's certainly, and, and again, I suppose with the Super Series now and the competition of the club element linked with that, you know, it's it's certainly something that we, as a governing body, are looking to tap into 
get in a little bit of friendly competition and rivalries across across the club. It's, it's you see it on social media on a daily basis now. So why not at the at the events, you know? Which brings me on to my next question. This is something we're going to ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Kit, <laughs> kit. <laughs> now then. There has been a few rumours and battles flying about over social about who has the best kit. So, with all fairness, and again, you cannot select your own kit, guys, especially seeing as Paul, Paul Arnold did design your kit as well. But you're at an event, sun is shining, tracks it off, just about to sort of get, get going. Which kit stands out for you, other than yourselves, obviously? Which kit, uh, which kit sort of catches your eye? Rich, let's start with you. Um, I I quite like I like the um the the, the black and red um Potolba kit. I don't, I don't like the white one. I think it's uh, I never like white kits, but I, I I quite like the black and red one. Now for me, I I I can always that always catches my eye. That one. So it's Chris? probably the second probably the second best kit in Wales. That one. I like the colours of Swansea tri kit. I think they've got really pretty, bright, happy colours. Um, yeah, but um, maybe not the best kit, but the best colours. I can hear, I can hear <laughs> the cheers of agreement from Swansea Vale from here. Would you say that? They now? do have lovely colours. But... <laughs> I'm not over you. Wow. If I if I can't say Celtic Troy adults, I gotta say Celtic Troy juniors. They are <laughs> is amazing, you know. Very similar to the adults. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's a good one. The nicest kit, you know. You got you got nicest kit. You got quality kit, you know. Um, let's go. Let's go. Best looking kit. Best let's looking go, kit. Let's not look at you know which is you know design wise, which stands out for you. I gotta be honest. When you when you're at an event and you, you're looking out for people you know, you know, and and see um so you can give them a bit of support for me i gotta say probably um binia binia cycling club binia tri club white white kit white, white, but, but that blue flash but it does stand out Very um, unforgiving. i i do like <laughs> their kit but you know as tracy mentioned earlier Swansea Vale, how friends there, Mark Barrow and Ian Lloyd, Swansea Vale try. You know, I bet they love this now, aren't they? You know? <laughs> yeah. I but did say I like the colours, not the kit. The colours, yeah. <laughs> the kit, though, you know, I remember Mark when he, when he first set up SVT and um, they, they bought a kit in from China. Um, yes, so when, when the tri the suit hangs around your knees after you come out of a swim. <laughs> but they have made some good improvements. I don't know if you got all that. I think you broke up or I broke up. No, we got all that. Can you hear we me got again? Yeah, we've got you. And I'm sure... We've all learned over the years about... I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Mark will be sending the, the check in the post, boys, to, to thank you for <laughs> his So joined now by Jane and Paul Arnold.
Donald. You'd have read the article last week on the website regarding um, their adventures with Ironman Wales and the fact that they're two of only 10 people to complete all 10 events this far. Jane, let's, let's start with yourself. What was the hook that got you involved in triathlon back in the day? Well, I started off um, running actually before triathlon. So I joined a running club after I got a place in the London Marathon and foolishly got talked into doing a sprint triathlon um, a year after. Um, and I have to say it was the hardest one hour and nine minutes of my life. Um, really, really tough. Um, I totally underestimated that transition from bike to run. Um, I didn't think I was running on my own legs. Um, and after that, strangely enough, totally hooked. And which, which event was that, Jane? That was fish guard sprint. It literally was borrowed a wetsuit, which was a surfing wetsuit, borrowed a bike and um, running a pair of running shorts. No kit, just did it for fun. And you mentioned in the article that that was one of the first events you managed to drag Paul along to, to actually watch yourself take part rather than you watching him on the rugby field. Yeah. Paul, moving on to you, sort of big career as a rugby player back, back in the day when the Welsh club scene was a big thing um, back then. Your transition from from rugby to triathlon and, and more so Ironman, what sort of similarities are there in, and what's sort of been the hook for yourself? Uh, well, at the time I was still, I know I retired at 43 um, and still playing at a high level, a bit semi-pro back at Swansea, where obviously I started my career. Um, so we, I think we were in maybe 10 years of doing triathlon then. And it just basically then um, rugby just got in the way. So, uh, so it was kind of like, okay, park the rugby now. Let's concentrate more on uh, on the Ironman. And and as it as as it was, we did our first one in um, Ironman in two thousand and five. Um, and then obviously from there, then it just it just carried on. Basically, went from two thousand five to two thousand six and so on. And of all the Ironman events that you guys have have done, which ones stand out? And we'll talk about Tembe in in greater depth in a bit, but. You've, you've completed in a few now across across the world. The guys mentioned in the chat about um, Keynes. Which which ones stand out for yourselves? So for me, um, Ironman Nice, because um, we got to go and visit Monaco and see how the other half live. Absolutely fantastic event. Um, the uh, temperature on the day hit 43 degrees, so it was quite a warm, quite a warm day and quite a warm bike ride. And then obviously one of my favourites was um, racing in Cairns in Australia, um, really because it was our 20th Ironman and our 20th wedding anniversary. <laughs> some, 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 some way to spend your 20th anniversary, fair play. Uh, Paul, yourself? Yeah. Um, I think um, obviously we've done quite a few, but uh, Copenhagen and Roth is two of the uh, ones that stand out. Copenhagen for myself um, was my PB. I did 10, 1056, um, which um, obviously a flat course, beautiful place to go, uh, brilliant people, great crowds. Um, and then Roth, um, again, is, um, it's an Ironman distance, but not an Ironman event. It's run by Chip the Challenge family. Um, yeah. I mean, the crowds there are, again, you know, second and none to, to Tembi, basically. But a lot of people now are saying Tembi is better now crowds than Roth, so, which is um, which is great for us, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, br brilliant place to go and would go back again. 
just having not been to Ironman Copenhagen or Roth, unfortunately, um, just looking at those two, I'm assuming the sort of temperature and the climate you'd have had experienced in Sweden would have been completely different to what you'd have had down in the south of France and in Cairns when you were doing that. So is that is that a little trait between the two of you that Jane, you prefer the uh, the warm weather and the um, the sunshine yeah. and, and Paul? You're I can play, used to... I can play rugby in it, not a problem. I played in South Africa at, at altitude in 40 degrees, not a problem. But racing at 43 degrees in, in Nice where it was not, not good. <laughs> Jane loves the warmth. It's not the heat, it's the humidity that'll kill you, they say, or oh. something like that. Right? So, guys, focusing then on, on Ironman Wales in Tembi, your first event down there was in 2011. Um, having done numerous Ironmans prior to that, what was that experience like for the two of you? And and talk us through talk us through your emotions and your feelings then. Jane, let's start with you. Okay, so um, we didn't actually enter Ironman Wales when it first got released. Um, there was lots of hype and lots of people entered. Um, but as we mentioned before, I don't like the cold and um, Tembi in September um, can be quite unpredictable. Well, any time in Wales can be quite unpredictable. So I was a bit nervous that it would be too cold to race there. Um, but we entered <laughs> and, um, you know, we decided, right, we're going to do this. For me, um, you know, being racing at home and racing with loads of club members was um, a, an unbelievable experience. Um, at the start of, 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 of Wales, um, I just think um, when that gun goes off, I need to stay calm and stay back. Um, for me, the swim isn't the greatest, um, my greatest discipline, um, and I just need to be able to be with swimmers who are of a, you know, similar speed and stay out of the craziness up front. Um, you know, I'm happy, I'm happiest when my two feet are on the firm ground after the second loop of that swim, and for me, that's when the race really starts. No, I great, you know, great privilege to have uh, Ayman at Wales in Tembi on a, on a doorstep, 2011. Uh, the experience of you know standing on the beach, uh, singing the national anthem, you know, little tears in the eye, going back to the you know the stadium of when I was playing. I was going to say that that must have a few memories. Yeah, the airs on the back of your neck, you know. And when we did 2011, there was a guy there who was actually racing as well, sang the national anthem literally 10 yards away from me bellowing out and the, I, as I'm talking now I just feel the airs on my body just coming up the back of my neck you know it's just unbelievable and everybody says when our national anthem is one of the best um, yeah. standing on that beach waiting in for the you know for the hooter to go it's kind of like right we go I, you know I don't I'm not a, I don't get nervous before and then I was playing rugby and same as I am and usually about an hour out of the water so I'm quite up the front and soon as the water, it just turns into like a well, like a scrub. It's just people swimming all over each other, over the place, white water, and it's basically survival of you know of the fitness. People getting knocked out, you see people getting punched, uh, goggles come off. Um, but once you get past that kind of and it, it opens up um, again because you're at the front. It's not too bad then after the first ball ad, um, and you basically get round, you get round. Um, and obviously, then the transition from the swim to the bike again is, is you know, we've done you know, 21 Ironman, and I got to say that one kilometer 
they just absolutely what a buzz. You know, everybody says from all the countries that people that we met from all different countries said that's unbelievable, like one kilometer run, but it's fantastic. You know, the atmosphere and the crowd's brilliant. And one of the only places you'd be allowed to run through the middle of Tembe, really, with um, your budgie smugglers on in full view with everyone in it, really, you know. Yes, well, that's that's another story. As that actually <laughs> didn't happen in 2011, it happened 2014, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, 2014. Um, Jane was when we went, we went round together, and I and obviously I'm a faster swimmer than Jane. And I said, well, what I'll do, I'll get out the water. Um, obviously, change, run to the transition intent. I'll wait for you. We go, you know, get on the bike, and obviously you can't draft and all that. So anyway, not thinking, run um, up the zigzag. Everybody cheering. Took literally took my wetsuit off completely and realised I just had a black pair of budgies on. I thought, oh, there, no. oh no! So it was not that was unexpected. Thinking, oh no, here we go. I got, I, I got, I got to run through town with a pair of budgies on. Literally, so I just basically thought, well, they're just going to make a big laugh of it. So I just went round. I was doing airplanes. I was, oh, I was all, and people were just laughing. And then obviously after that, it was like everybody was going, uh, what's happening next year then? What colour are you going to wear next year? And I was thinking, oh, uh, and it just started. And on the Sunday, two old ladies, well, I say old ladies, but um, came up and said, oh, you made my day yesterday. You made my day yesterday. You running with your so play. Ever since then, it's uh, it's been uh, traditional. Everybody's expecting the, the, the budgie smuggler run. Uh, obviously, it's, um, different colours to wear, brightness has got to be done. It's got to be bright. So, uh, but no, it's brilliant. absolutely brilliant. And he never wears a pair twice. No, you can't do that. <laughs> and never, a celeb. Yeah. Pop a celeb. Never wear the same. A couple of months before. What's, oh, what's the colour? Oh, can't reveal it. unfortunately. <laughs> Need to have a club sweep stick now or something, just so you can raise a little bit extra for charity to see how we're going. Of of taking away the budgie smuggler incident then, and and everything that that tradition now that that's sort of created. Which of the events that you have done in Tembe, of all the years that you've done there, which year stands out for you both individually, whether it's for the good reason or whether whether it was a refik, you know what what's your your one lasting memory of an Ironman Wales? Uh, I think for me it was 2016 because it was absolute perfect conditions, flat sea. Um, I got a PB on that day. And when the when I came off the bike, Paul was 45 minutes ahead of me. And when we finished, he was eight minutes ahead of me. So I chased him down and it was brilliant because people were telling me all the crowds were saying to me you're catching him you're catching him and he told and you know, when we were talking afterwards he was telling me they were saying to him she's catching you she's catching you and it was just great and and because of the way the run is we never saw each other once on the run because he'd be at one of the dog legs or i'd be at one and we and the funny thing was we normally well, I don't think there's been any other year when we haven't seen each other, but on that particular year, we just missed each other all the time. But um, yeah, it was when I see that sea pan flat, I know it's going to be a good day. Good sign. Good sign. And yourself, Paul? Uh, I, well, 2011 was obviously the first race, wasn't it? Um, and unfortunately, at about 37 miles, um, I had uh, spoken at one. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll okay, no run. So I just got off tape up and all that as you, as you do. And then when it got to Lamphy, 
the um the another spoke let's just as i was climbing the hill another spoke had gone again and we're back we'll basically just battle against my frame and it was like game over it was like oh so i literally carried my bike back down the hill to lamphy where the feed station is um and as i was coming down there's a group of boys on the on the right hand side and um they were going oh what's the matter what's, what's happening what's happening i said oh, i'm out i said my look at my back wheel is, is knackered and they were like, uh, oh, you can borrow my bike, you can borrow my bike. But obviously you can't have outside assistance. No. Um, but at, at the time, um, I thought, oh, I'll just wait for, the, wait for the van and if it turns up, it turns up. And if I can get it in time and obviously get in, in before the 10 hours, twenty, I will. But one of the guys over there um, did get his bike. And uh, I actually just said, well, I can't use your bike. I said, but if you put it to one side, I'll take the back wheel off it. So I basically took the back wheel off it. But when you see a back wheel, it was off a high red bike. Right. So it was about the size of a dinner plate. Uh, you had reflectors on it. I had a like a carbon fiber, you know, disc wheels, and all this and that. And then I had this bo- bobbly tire on the back with this big disc on it and and reflectors on it. Well, it was, anyway, I got it back on, but it only could be in low gear. So basically, from like forty odd miles onwards, I was pedaling like as fast as I could just to get just to get going, basically. Going back and again, but I did manage to pass a lot of people that day, <laughs> and uh, and they still can't believe that I passed them, even though I was only in my first gear. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. With that. Um, with regards to people that might be listening to this now who haven't done Ironman Wales, what sort of advice would you? You know, we we spoke at the start about. The transition now and lots of people from other sports are looking at Ironman as as a one-off challenge and that sort of being their first taste of triathlon in some respect or that season anyway that the end goal for that season what advice would you give anybody looking at that um looking at that event I mean I would say uh it, there isn't anywhere to hide with Ironman Wales so you need to put in the miles on the bike and you need to put in the hilly miles um but I what I would always say to anyone irrespective of it's if it's Ironman Wales or any race remember always remember that you're doing it for fun and it does it's not paying your bills and the minute that it doesn't isn't an enjoyment that's when you should really think about whether it's the right thing for you I mean everybody laughs at me because in every photo I'm always smiling and that's literally because I just I think it's an absolute honor to be able to do that um, when there's so many people who, you know, close friends of ours that we've lost or, you know, people who aren't able to do it. So for me, it's just an honour. And I think, you know, it's about fun and keep smiling. Even when it hurts, just keep smiling. Fair play. And yourself, Paul? Um, I just think, as Jean said, the, the you know, Ironman World is one of the hardest Ironmans in the world. We've done Lanzarote uh, Ironman four times, and that's hard. Wales is, you know, you got to respect it. And people, you know, that even though that's the first time you do, again, do training, make sure you do it, and and don't panic. You know, if anything, if you do have a puncher, um, make sure you practice, you know, changing the punches. You'd be surprised if people can't change an actual puncher. and that could be a race over. You know, if you can't do it on, on the side of the road and it's going to take you 15 minutes, that, that's fair enough. You should practice these little things, you know. Um, and don't, you know, if, again, if you if you fail, you know, there's no there's no thing about it. You've done all the training. There's always an extra. There's always a year after. I know we know people themselves that 
that failed twice, come back the third time and done it. And they've done it in, you know, 14, 15 hours. It doesn't matter about the time. At the end of the day, it's about finishing before the 17 hours. If you're 16 hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds, you've got the same medal as the person who's just won nine hours and 10 minutes. So, and I've got to say, the feeling, we've done it nine times, and every time we've done it, as soon as you hit that red carpet, all the pain goes away for like 30 seconds. You're high-fiving people, you're dancing, you get across the line, puts the medal over your neck. You know, the arms of your hairs and your arms are going out. It's, it's a hell of a feeling. But once after that, then you get into transition to the tent. Then I don't want to tell you. the pain hits. Then the pain hits. So, war is gone. Like, so. In relation, obviously, we've we've been struck with COVID for the last 12 months. And, you know, we, we all hope that we are going to be down in Tembe come September time. Um, what's what's this year and, and beyond got in store for you two is it is it just going to be is there like a little target in your minds or is it just going to be car crack on until the body says enough's enough yeah i i think you know uh as i say we're not we're, we're not getting you know it's great and touch wood that it does go ahead it will be the 10th one and we both obviously completed uh and we did say you know we did talk about when we got i think we did like six and thought oh should we do another one should we do another one or should we get to 10 and then that'll be it but as as you know there's only 10 of us left and after this in september there might only be two of us left so it might be a case of oh we'll do the number 11 and then we'll stop but then we might think i oh, know it's basically on our doorsteps why don't we just carry on until we can't physically do it because it, we enjoy it and t- regarding time wise there's, there's not a time in Iron Wheels. You just finish if it takes you 12 hours, 16 hours. It's, and the, it is a day out. It's, yeah. It's basically a long day of training. Like, you know, a swim, a bike, a run at the end, and enjoy absolutely fantastic support. And the support every year from 2011 till now has been growing, growing, growing all the time. So awesome. Great stuff. Guys, thanks very much for your time tonight. Really appreciate uh, your insight and, you know, long may it continue that you two do <laughs> carry on uh, conquering the dragon. Yeah. Um, before we finish, one of the questions we're going to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, there's a little bit of banter going out and about on social media. Um, kits. Now, now, unable to pick your own kit, Paul, but yeah. when, when you are at Ironman or when you are at an event and you see you know, the carnival of colour that it is and, and all the different kits that there are out there. Which other club kits you look at and go, oh, do you know what? You've done it right there, but oh, that looks tidy. Which, which, which stand out? Um, so are we talking Welsh, obviously? I yeah, think, yeah, let's keep it Welsh. Yeah. Let's keep I it think Welsh. Um, uh, obviously a new a new um, triathlon club is coming, but is ATAC, you know, the Armourford boys. And i got to say, um, you know, Ironman is an individual sport. You know, I played a team sport for many, many years. Um, and it doesn't matter, you know, whoever you see, if, if you smile into that person that's coming towards you, they high five you, you might not even know their name. But it's great to see, and then especially the ATAC boys, you know, new to, new to the triathlon season. And um, and the kit is nice. I got, you know, even I was I designed our kit, you know, County Troy's kit. And I do look at other people's and think, oh, well, it's quite nice, but not as good as I was, <laughs> uh, you know. But um, uh, yeah, like I say, Armourford is good. We've got we've got Jason and the attack guys coming on in a couple of weeks' time, and oh. and you know, 
Iron Man has certainly been a big catalyst for their growth um, yeah, within that club. Huge. What about what about yourself, Jane? What what sort of kits do you um, look at and I think? I like the triathlon coach in Wales kit. And again, I've got to ask you because you know Terry and Rose, big part of Celtic Tri back in the in, yeah. in the start there. No sort of hidden loyalties there at all, is there? Just the kit is the <laughs> kit is a banger. The and then I just love it. <laughs> anything that's got the Welsh on it is brilliant. Anything with anything with a dragon. Yeah. yeah. Just I got to be careful because I did ask because Debs, who we've spoken to, also said triathlon coach in Wales. I've got nothing against Terry and Rose. I'm not trying to say that their kid isn't the best. I'm just making sure that the Celtic connection isn't sort of played upon a little bit too much. Mark Evans trying to get the Celtic juniors in, but, you know, we can't, <laughs> we can't go down our route. Guys, thanks very much for your time. Um, great insight, like I said. Yeah. And which kids I don't like. <laughs> why not? Which kid don't you like? <laughs> Uh, I would say I'm not allowed to say any kit is better than the one my husband designed, am I? <laughs> yeah. oh, guys, thanks very much for your time and look forward to seeing you down in Tembe in September. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers. Hi, it's Amy here, Workforce Officer for Welsh Triathlon. So what's coming up? Do you want to take the first step along the coaching pathway? We have an activators course over three evenings in April. The three-part online course is focused on developing the skills to organise and lead group training runs and cycle rides. You will gain the confidence and skills to lead a variety of activities aimed at encouraging participation within our sport. The dates for the next course are April the 12th, 15th and 19th from 7 to 9pm. Also in April, we have a brand new coaching CPD for Wales. The new online coaching children and young people workshop will help further enhance the knowledge, skills and confidence of coaches, enabling them to deliver sessions in a way that meets young triathletes needs. The dates for this course are the 22nd and 27th of April and the final webinar on the 1st of May. You can go to the coaching section on our website now to book or if you want further information about any of these courses, please contact me, Amy Jenner at welshtriathlon.org for further information. Thanks. Guys, just just to finish off, I, you know, from ourselves, we just want to give you a big thank you for your time in the last couple of weeks putting all this information together, and and hopefully this is something that we can spread out over all the clubs now over the course of the year. We've got, I say, the course of the year, we've got seventy affiliated clubs at the moment, and the, the the hope is that we have similar conversations with every club and share the stories from the clubs to the wider network. Um, but before we finish. We've had a really challenging sort of 12 months with with COVID and it's, it's sort of put a lot of plans to to pause really over the over the last 12 months. There's a bit of light now at the end of the tunnel and we are expecting to be back in action, hopefully sooner rather than later. What are you all looking forward to the most when we do get things back up and running? Rich, we'll start with you. Um. I'm just looking forward to seeing the, the kids being able to compete again, to be honest, because as I say, I think it's been tougher for them 
you know, the more active the kids, the tougher it's been, I think, during lockdown. And obviously, in, the kids in triathlon are, are among the most active out there. I would just love to see some of the TriStar events going on, you know, whether they be put back to the autumn. But uh, fingers crossed, we'll get a couple uh, going ahead. And, um, and then I'm actually doing London Marathon this year in October. So hopefully that'll go ahead as well. But really, just to see people back out there, just to see people back out competing and, and events going ahead because it's, it's not just clubs, you know, it's, it's the governing bodies, the event organisers, everybody's taking a hit. And um, we, we just want to get back. Yeah. Trace, yourself? Oh, gosh, for me, I am just desperate to see people. Um, fundamental part of my training are coffee and cake rides, and I miss them so much. I mean, it was lovely last week to be able to meet up with one person and go for a bike ride. But, you know, just to have our group rides back again, which um, we used to have every weekend. And, yeah, yeah really, really miss those. And yourself, Mark, to wrap up? Yeah, it's, it's both what Richard and Tracy said, you know, that it'll be nice to get out, do some club rides down the Rossilli, have a coffee and a cake, but also open water swimming season starts and, and predominantly last year, the year before when we were swimming, a group of us, 15, 16 of us would meet in Mumbles, we'd have a swim down Mumbles and then go for a coffee and a cake in Verdi's as well. So, you know, it's that social side it is. And also, you know, this year we've got a, a 15th party to organise as well. Yeah. So um, the social side of, you know, once we're allowed to and restrictions lift, looking forward to getting um, the club together, the juniors, the adults, the families. We did it a couple of years ago. We had a beach barbecue down in Port Island. So that's something we're going to look forward to when we come out of lockdown. Great stuff. Well, guys, massive thanks for yourselves for your time um, and sharing your stories with us. Really, really appreciate it. Um, likewise, from ourselves, we hope to see you all at an event really, really soon. Um, and until then, go easy. Yep, you too. Take care. Thank you thanks, very much. Thanks. thanks, guys. That's it for this episode of Welsh Triathlon's TriCast. Join us for the next episode in a few weeks' time, where we will have further information of activity opportunities across the Welsh Triathlon Network, as well as further information on the return to our events calendar. We'll also be speaking to our next club through the Club Takeover programme. If you'd like your club to be one of those who joins us for one of the future TriCasts, please contact Steph McAvesey by email. That's S-T-E-P-H-M-A-K-U-V-I-S-E at welshtriathlon.org. Until the next episode, take care.